a Shishkin Productions podcast. The best value, $13,210 paid every three years. That's insane. Like, we just don't do the type of work that necessarily necessitates necessitates we don't do the kind of work that necessitates necessitates what's up sizzlers welcome to another episode of the sizzle reel podcast we ain't here we out here Uh, we're coming at you from uh, september 15th from the past oh yeah that's weird how that works yeah you can record uh, things happy birthday germ it's germ's birthday oh shit it is germ's Germ's birthday birthday. yesterday was mike bliss's birthday my mom my mom's birthday your mom's birthday a lot of birthdays right yeah it's uh it's it's a good time of the year my my sister's birthday is tomorrow virgos are annoying i will say are they yeah virgos are the most annoying of the of all the symbols hmm i didn't realize that they're always just. Mike they, Bliss is always annoying me. It's, yeah, it's weird because all the people I named are like actually fine. Well, my mom's pretty annoying, but like <laughs> the, the th- Virgos just they are always very like organized and they want shit a, a certain way. Mm, not they're my lame. Sister. No way. No way. Not my system either. <laughs> uh, what's up, Chris? How's it going? Oh, you know, I've just been hiking with rappers all week. Um, you know, I I dabbled in some other stuff. Where another. Another day, another day at the crypto.com podcast arena. Yeah, you know, uh, still working on the the questionable Q and A, the MLS stuff that we shot in Minnesota. That's shaping up pretty nicely. I'm I'm pretty yeah. proud of it so far. We'll have we'll definitely have a little more to say about that. Yeah, I've but got, uh, I've got some thoughts and feelings on it. Some hot takes. Yeah, we we got our first round of notes back, and they're pretty chill, honestly. Pretty like chill. it's really just graphic chill. notes, but the content. Seems to be where where it should be, and that's Why what really matters. Why are you really giving matters. everything away in the first minute and a half? We got to do fifty five minutes. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's not everything. Ramp a little bit. You you, you can expand on it, <laughs> well, but now people know. Um, what's up? Where, where can they find us on the socials? <laughs> it's not a tease. <laughs> a tease is we got more coming up. Not everything that fucking happened. That's in not 20 everything. Seconds. All right, all right. Uh, what's, what's the social? We're uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Sizzle Real Gang. We're also, you know, it's funny that we always say that because we hardly are. Like no, I, really the last not. time I posted something must have been like two months ago at this point. Yeah, honestly, if you're if you're interested in following what we're doing, you should be following Shishkin Productions on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, that's where most of our content is. Shishkin Productions, not really on Twitter though. Yeah, we we I mean honestly, dude, we got more. We got too much shit going on to be worried about social media. I know. Right? Even even our our content intern. Right now, she's busy doing she's working. actual client work. She's doodling. Yeah. She's been well, doodling all day. Seems uh, dismissive, but... It's, no, no. They're like... <laughs> they're uh, they're doodles with intention, yes. right? Yes. Intentful doodles. Some people would say animating. Animating, we could say it. Intentful doodles. She's doodling. Uh, if you want to call in, you can do that too. Oh, you can you can leave a you can send a send an email. Oh yes, yeah. sizzlerealgang at gmail Please, literally send us an email. We've we've not gotten very many emails at all. Do you know yeah. where the um? Sorry, this is all over the place. Do you know where the sheets we had from uh, Real Live were people writing questions? Do you know where those went? Hell no, I have no idea. Here. I never saw them. So say that would be a good segment on the show as we go back through those. Oh yeah, there's a lot of questions in there we didn't get to. Oh, good questions. Um, uh, yeah, but you can you can leave those questions. Just email us. Yeah, sizzlereelgang at gmail.com or call the Sizzle Real cold line. Press 332-333-4361. Easy way to remember it. Feb, def, H-Dog. Because Feb, it's cold in February. It's a cold line. Uh, it's definitely cold in February. You H-dog. should definitely call. You got to definitely call 
H dog. Yes. So that one, I we don't know that hot dog. Hot right? dog. February because we're cold. we're a couple of hot dogs. Right. February cold. Definitely call hot dog. There you go. Now <laughs> you're never gonna forget the fucking phone number. Uh, three three two three 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 four three three one. Call in. Right. It's going to be dope. Um, okay, look. Now let's get to the part that you were trying to tease. Yeah. We're going to talk about what's been going on this mm-hmm. week. What's been going on this week? Mm-hmm. Um, you said you were still hiking with rappers. Yeah. St- started a new one true. today. It's true. It's on, on to our third episode. And uh, yeah. the process is actually going pretty smoothly, I think. The producer seems to like what we're sending out. I love working with this producer yeah. because he... He sends like, one email and then leaves us the fuck alone for five days. Yeah, it's he lets awesome. us it's do like, our thing. And then it's done. And the, it's like, great. The notes are always super reasonable. And yeah, I've been having a pretty good time with it so far. Like, it's one of the, like, typically a, a project like this gets to be a huge pain in the ass down the line at some point. But this one, really, it's fine. Like, I, you know, I have my typical... Knock on wood. Yeah, I have my typical complaints that I have about everything, even things that we shoot. Like, I'm just... All, I'm, I'm a hater. I'm always complaining. Yeah. Uh, but overall, in comparison to most things, pretty chill. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. The thing is with those things, and, you know, most modern, like, interview-based shows... Uh, they just shoot a lot because there's no incentive yeah. not to. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we have talent here for three hours. Let's shoot for as much of that as we can. Yeah. I mean, and I then have... we'll figure it out. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. I guess that makes, I get it. Cause I would do the same thing if I was on set. I fucking get it. But like, it's just, uh, sometimes that can be annoying. And that's kind of the only complaint I have is that yeah. there's always a lot of footage. That's par for the course. There's I do have a two and a two and a half hour string out for a 10 to 15 minute show, which yeah. It, it's honestly what you shoot 10, 10 to, one. to one, right? So. It, it's not far away from that. So I'm not too mad. Yeah, um, yeah, it's fine. But and all, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Like I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it either. Yeah, I just, that, that's, that's just job. how it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it used to be more planned, but then the conversations are also worse. You yeah. Know? So yeah. when you let them talk, the conversations can be better. Right. So yeah. that's one thing I've started leaning towards is longer, letting things be like longer form. That's, that's my general I think, did we approach. Talk about that last I think we did, yeah. but yeah, that I mean, that is my general approach. I want a conversation to just happen in full, and then if the producer wants to cut it down, just let me know where to cut, and I'll, I'll do it. But like, I don't want to get ahead of things on a V one and chop out all these good things, and then have to go find them and reinsert them because that to me is a bigger pain in the ass. I I also just think as like as a producer, I personally like making longer things now that are like less cutty because the reason that we always had to cut was because the viewer would turn it on and watch it. And it was like, we are the ones guiding them through this experience. Mm -hmm. You are cutting, you are seeing a different thing when we tell you to, you're hearing a different thing when we tell you to now it's like, shit, dude, if you just post the fucking raw footage, people probably like that more right because you can just click around and go to whatever as long as you meta tag it properly and like like for example if you took uh, an interview a sit down interview with like Kanye West say you sat down for an hour yeah and you talked to him for an hour and you put that on YouTube and you just chaptered it properly with all of the fucking like questions yeah people would rather have that one uncut angle for an hour than for you to cut it to the quote unquote best of three and a half minutes. No one. Like, right. You well, know what I'm saying? And especially for for a show like this one, if if someone's watching it, it means they're already interested in in this rapper or like in this right. interaction. There's so much fucking content now that like 
you can go find whatever you want. No yeah. one's going to tune in if they don't want to see it. Yeah. It, 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 there's no more programmed viewing or whatever. It's like, just watch whatever the fuck you want. Right. You already have the, the audience. They're already here and they probably want more stuff like mm-hmm. that. You're probably cutting out stuff that they're if they're already here and watching, they're probably still interested in it. So just let it play out. That's what I even say about the Intel stuff. Like when they talk, when they go really, really deep on some super, super deep like inside baseball tech shit mm-hmm. where like even me who knows computers is like, I don't understand what this is. Yeah. It's like, keep it because it, the people who decided to come and watch it, that's their reward is they're seeing all of this yeah. real insider talk. Like, that's cool. It might be boring to you, but, but you're not the audience for that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. audience is already interested. Yeah. I, um, but no, I mean, so that's yeah hiking with rappers. That's, that's been on your side. I've been doing a lot of, like you said earlier in your tease, quote yeah. unquote, the uh yeah questionable q a we've been working on that that's a series that we've done with mls for the last couple of years do you i mean do you want to go into your your graphics approach yeah for, i can, for I this can year? talk about it yeah so normally it's been both we've done like uh, whatever two seasons of it sure. quote unquote so it's maybe been a total of so like this is almost 10 episodes or whatever over the course of two seasons yeah. And so each episode, quote unquote, is like a collection of questions that are being asked to all these MLS players. Right. We've been doing the same sort of graphics approach both seasons where it was like, you know, very like press conference style and just like white text on like a blurred background to introduce each title, like each chapter, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, just very, very like plain run of the mill. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to I'm going to make like a cool, like off white sort of background with like like black text in the middle, like yeah. make it look a little bit more. We went from white text on a black background to black text on a white <laughs> yeah, background. That's, that's how creative. it's revolutionary that's how creative we can get over here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I tried to switch it up and I thought it would be cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked really For the good. lower thirds. I was like, let me make them like in the middle of the screen and mm-hmm. like put them a same on that same off white block with like black text for the player's name and like team color text for the team's name. Yep. That way, like it'll, I don't know, it just had like a clean sort of feel to it, yeah. but it was also like kind of old school. I don't know. I wanted to make it, it dope. dresses it up a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, all right, this is cool. I like it a lot. And then I sent it and it was just like, Hey, let's change all this back to the old shit. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I get it. Like, Swing whatever. I, miss. I did try to, like, depart from the style of the show in season three, which is, like, you know, not what you're supposed to do. I mean, uh, whatever. I'm see, From season to season, you can change things up a little bit. Like, even, like, the complex shows we work on, there's a, typically a new graphics package for each season. Yeah. It's very similar, but it's, you know, there's I, small tweaks. I, I do. Uh, we're earlier today. We we're actually talking about like doing graphics and getting notes on graphics and how um, in this case it wasn't bad, but how like annoying it can be sometimes. Oh, yeah. Where like it, it's only annoying if the person who's giving you the initial graphics request doesn't say what they want. Yeah. And so you make doesn't, something doesn't even really know. Doesn't even know. They yeah. just like say, hey, put like make this graphic with this text. And then you make it and then they're like, I don't like it over here. It should be over there. And the text needs to be smaller and like actually use this font and actually can you use these colors and actually change the text to this. And mm-hmm. you're like, why didn't you say that? Yeah, like, why didn't you say that the first time? Where was this before? Me like trying to make this graphic, you know what I mean? But um, that's not what happened in this situation. But the, I, I, It's happened in other situations. Yeah. I've had it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Graphics are fun, but like I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to spend all day working. Graphics on are fun when you like. You said this earlier off air. When you have like the final creative decision on it, like mm-hmm. you have final say, 
And, yeah, if you get to control the it. vision. So I feel about music too. Like, I, I mean, not picking music. I feel like that way about making music. Sure. That's why I'm like a really bad collaborator when it comes to making music with people. Cause like I'll either want full control of it mm-hmm. and final say, or I'll want to. And if I have that final say, I'm either going to tell you exactly what to play or I'm going to give you no information and just let you play whatever you want until I say, cool. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a similar idea. It's all creative processes, right? It's like yeah. any creative process is going to be it's 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 about communicating. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, most people aren't very good at that, even even in the communications field. Well, it's because communicating about creativity is like one of the fucking weirdest things. It is difficult to describe. It's difficult to describe. But on top of that, like it's also very. I don't know. Is ego driven a good way to put it? It's like it's That's a, part it, of it. It, it. It can be very offensive without meaning to be like mm-hmm. if you if someone poured their like heart and soul into a creative idea and then you go, I think it sucks. <laughs> like it might it might suck. Yeah. But this that person might be hurt by it. You yeah. Know it's I mean? something so you, you gotta, made. You got to separate yourself from it. I mean, when I, did- I will say to, to again, to be very clear this MLS thing, I don't feel that way at all. No, I, no. This, you- like literally that design took me, I think. Five minutes. Yeah, so and, I'm not like that mad about and it. And you like kind of went out on a limb when we already had like a a yeah. basic I think I even mentioned I think I even mentioned it before I sent it. I was like, I'm gonna try a completely new graphics approach and see mm-hmm. what he says. But you know, it is what it is. That's how it goes. It's uh yeah, it, I mean for me, I, I remember when I did the the tree fort billboards and like uh I think there was like a small commercial, all that stuff last year. Yeah. I was so happy when there weren't notes because like I, I don't know how I would have even approached it if they had major notes. Like I, I, I can create some yeah, things, but I'm been. I'm not that advanced as an animator that I, I can definitely make those changes. Like there's a lot of things that I can do, but there's a lot of requests that could possibly come my way that I wouldn't know how to do. I think with that, we got lucky that that client is also like very chill and they, mm-hmm. they do that thing where they like just trust in you to, to do it. And yeah. as long as it uses our our font and yes. our brand colors and our brand assets and that's use them however you want right. and we'll most likely approve it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I should probably like next month at least. I should actually do this next week. Book, I should book, book Airbnbs. I should like call them and book shit. Problem is, ah, yeah, I can't. If I call them, they're going to ask about the documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been making good progress on it though. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I think I've got select pulled all the way through like almost I'm, I'm on day five right now I think. okay so and then when they're all pulled all i'm gonna do is like condense everything and then just watch it all back speaking of a tree fort they're uh kind of like a, a sister festival maybe yeah. you would call it yeah, yeah. that starts a week from well i mean it starts this week if you're listening to it this week friday yeah. september 23rd through sunday september 25th is uh, Flipside fest gb graham is gonna be out there he's uh he's going just to he's, he's actually part of the photo team for it oh hell yeah so good yeah, for him he, he did his thing but we got to have Graham on the show sometime. Yeah. We've had him on. I don't think we have. Did I tell you what I'm going to do in October? I think mm-hmm. I told you. No, I didn't tell you. I mean, maybe. So I was like, I hit him up yesterday. I sent him like a cryptic text where I was like, um, so for the listeners, I, I just moved. So yes. like this, Literally is, yesterday. this episode is my first episode uh, having moved into a new place. Um, I texted him this cryptic text and I was like, yo, uh, let me know if you have a minute to chat. <laughs> then... I oh, no. I said I have a modest proposal, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, he called me. He's like, "What's up?" I was like, "Yo, so 
Oh, are you gonna, if I fly, gonna fly you him out? out to New York and just cover your flight and you can crash on my couch if you want, will you hang up my like TV and my shelves and place the art in my house where it needs to go and like figure out a good way to put things on the walls? Because he, he knows that kind of stuff. Yeah, he knows yeah, how yeah. to put stuff on walls. And I, I mean, he loves New York. I'm sure yeah. he'd love to visit. And so I was like, hmm, you know, maybe Houston to New York. If I get to pick the flight, I'll fucking fly him out here because that'll be like basically... I wouldn't want to hang this shit anyways, mm-hmm. so I'd be having someone else do it. Yeah. So it's like, this is like, I'm having my friend do it. I get to hang out with my friend. And the price is like, is the equivalent of like paying someone for a couple hours of work. So yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, you know. And, mind. and we can make him come on the scissor reel. That's when he's going to come on the scissor reel. That's yeah. exactly where it was all, co- where it was all going to. Um. All right. So we were talking about uh, working on graphics all day. I said to mention that earlier. Yeah. One thing I wrote here is animation. Uh, oh, that's yeah. That's one thing I wanted to talk about. So. Flora, FKA intern Flora, now KA uh, animator Flora, yes. uh, the VP of animation. She has been working all week on animating these like goals. There was like a YouTube video that went viral like fucking, I don't know, like eight years ago at this point, maybe even 10. But it was like uh, Gareth Bale, that classic goal he scored for Tottenham against Inter Milan. Yeah. And it was animated in this really cool style where they just kind of sketched, traced every frame, right? So she's like, replicating that style but she's kind of bringing her own flair to it as well where her sketches are more detailed yeah that was that was just like scribbles on like white basically so it was really impressionistic her style has got a little more realism to it but it still is impressionistic but what she's been doing crazy is putting like great emphasis on faces so any highlight where you see their faces she's really getting the shadows right getting the facial features right it's it's not like photorealistic but it it matches the style that she's doing really well so cool and you yeah you can see a little bit of detail in the face and it just it makes the whole thing so much cooler you're not looking at stick figures kicking a kicking a stick ball right stick ball stick (laughs) Stick figures kicking a stick ball um no, you're looking at 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 blob figures kicking a blob yeah. ball. So she she finished the there's like four plays that she's animating. She finished the first one yesterday, and I was I was watching it back. And one cool thing that I noticed she's doing is when there's a couple times when the camera kind of pans, kind of kind of like a whip pan, and when that happens, say for example the goalposts, the first couple frames where the camera's moving, she has them like kind of wild scribbles. Like and they're then, almost blurring. Exactly. And then once the camera sits still, it's, you know, a normal full line and I think that's like a really cool little detail dude I'm telling you like yeah she's been we definitely took a chance being like yeah "Yeah, fuck it we'll do it and then throwing her in the fire to do it I mean she did prove that she could do it like that was the first thing we did but she's been fucking crushing it man I I do feel I feel bad because she's like sitting there all day drawing like literally for like eight hours drawing I felt really bad because like yesterday right as you left I was like watching the video that she sent and I was like is this, is the animation supposed to end right before the ball goes into the the net? And she was like, "Oh no!" And then she had to work like another thirty minutes. So I, I felt bad about that, but you know, still still got to get it right. But yeah, I mean, definitely got to get it right. But I'm I'm pretty excited that we're we're seeing this project from concepting start to to finish, including the animation. Like I think I would that's say cool. this is like a, a um a benchmark project. Mm-hmm. For us to, yeah, like you said, to, we even helped like, yeah, concept it. We helped write the fucking questions and do everything. Yeah, I mean, you you were one of the people interviewing. Yeah, the, the it's kind of wild. The players. It's, we'll see. I mean, it's it's cool. Hopefully it gets a good response. Um, I think it will. I don't see of why it course. wouldn't. Of course. But like, it's a... Uh, 
it's the animation part of it's really cool. The fact that like we're getting her in on this kind of stuff is dope. I'm curious and the, skill the fact stuff that it's the fact that it's hand drawn is really really cool to me. Yeah, because it's like it's easy to animate shit in After Effects, and I get it. Like you can also do like 3D animation, blah blah whatever. But like some there's something about hand drawn style stuff that like is just it's a little bit higher caliber higher quality because everyone has their own style yeah you know what i mean it's well, like and and we even i think we mentioned it briefly last week but we tried like a kind of like an ai gener like yeah. a, an animation generator program and it did some cool stuff but you know it just didn't have the the personality of an actually hand drawn animation right and i'm glad that we went back to florida to do it yeah yeah, yeah for sure um all right, let's uh, let's get into some little quick hits of uh, random news shit. Uh, one thing I'm gonna start with is this um, new Knives Out movie. Um, so Toronto F International Film Festival just happened. Uh, TIFF, or maybe maybe it's just called Toronto Film Festival. I don't fucking know. I thought it was called Toronto International. Whatever. Um, TIFF happened, and uh, the, the Ryan Johnson. Uh, new ryan johnson movie the new knives out movie yes Glass uh, onion it a knives out mystery. yeah it it uh it premiered there and um it's i really don't i threw this on the rundown just because i loved the first one so much yes. like as a kid i loved sherlock holmes that was like one of my favorite books i read like pretty much every sherlock holmes book i could get my hands mm -hmm. on i just love like that sort of mystery and like there's this one figure who's like the cool like figure even stuff like carmen san diego is like really cool because yeah, it's like yeah. one mysterious like figure who's exactly. like creating stuff and doing crazy stuff and um it's fucking dope that like uh fucking james bond guy what's his name daniel daniel craig, uh, daniel craig is like this new era Sherlock Holmes kind of. It's very cool. And yeah, I, I love the movie as well. It's one of the few movies I've watched. I watched twice within a year because I watched it by myself during the pandemic. And then I, I told my girlfriend, Hey, this is a really dope movie. And she was like, okay, let's watch it. And I was like, yeah, why not? And I loved it just as much the second time. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's a really good movie. And I'm, I, I always love when there's a new IP introduced that is like successful That's good. and that they're building on. The craziest part is that that like I feel like I I don't really know this. I didn't go to movies much as a kid, but I I from what I gather, the '90s and 2000s were full of that. It was yes. like let's create something new, and then there was and if it hits, then maybe let's make another one. Then there was a whole era of just like sequels and reboots, and that we're still in that. I feel like people don't make original shit at all anymore. That's why you're right. That's why Knives Out was so good. Is that because it was like, oh. This is like a fun, mm -hmm. like action type little ensemble mystery cast, thing, ensemble great, cast, great acting, and it established a new character who's like got staying power, and mm -hmm. and more importantly, Hollywood are willing to run with it. Like mm -hmm. they're willing to, studios are willing to keep making that type of thing because like normally what'll happen is something will be good, and then like maybe that it just won't have the staying power, or it won't be like so character driven like this. Sure, it'll be more like. You know, like, I don't know, like the John Krasinski thing. Like, that's like Quiet Place, Quiet right? Place. Quiet Place, the first thing I think of when it's like a movie that wasn't expected to be like that huge ended up getting more and more sequels. Yeah. Like with something like that, Quiet Place isn't character driven. Like, yes, the characters are important, but it's but the it, concept exactly. that, that drives exactly. it. Whereas like with this. A murder mystery isn't a new concept. Exactly. And then to have like this one random character. Because I remember when. The first scenes when he came on in that very first one, he's doing this weird like Cajun accent or yeah, whatever. It's, it's, I was just like, mm, 
I don't know. It's not a good I, accent, but it's it, it grows I, on you. I think that yeah, that, that that's that's a great way to put it. I was just like, I don't know about this, and then like literally within five minutes, I was like, fucking love this guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. It's man. just so silly. I will say it's interesting. I believe that the the first one was a full theatrical release. This one is going to be a Netflix exclusive. And you know Netflix maybe making a decent decision with uh, with a property. I think Netflix are are they're fuck fuck them. That's really that's really <laughs> it's really lame. It's really lame to do that. And I I hate this era of exclusivity. I'd rather have like the theaters and the studios have the power. I would like to this see shit, a this shit sucks this. because what ends up happening is like we're privileged because in New York it's gonna release. Like yeah. we're gonna yeah. go see it. Mm-hmm. But if you live in like fucking i don't know like bloomington indiana or some shit and you want to see this but you don't have netflix that means you have to fucking get netflix just to see this fucking movie that exclusivity is lame man i don't like that it's not cool Uh, because that's that i mean i miss a lot of films that are put out or in shows and stuff that are exclusive because i just don't i'm not gonna go get like hulu to watch a thing yeah i mean mean? that's just the the new era of you know, every, everything's a la carte, mm-hmm. which it, I mean, that's something that people wanted for the longest time, but they didn't they didn't want it like this, you know? Yeah. No, they, they like, wanted it. Yeah. They wanted to be able to pick anything at any time. But that's just the thing is pick anything and like maybe pay for that. Not like pay for a a chunk of it and then have the other chunks inaccessible and you have right. to switch to pay for that too. It's well, and that, that was the golden age of Netflix where it was so amazing because you got pretty much anything that was available, like anything yeah. that was syndicated and could be bought and, and, and sold. Bring it back to shipping DVDs. That's what I want. I want <laughs> ship me more fucking DVDs. Um, I want to talk real quick about this other thing, this HBO thing. So this is real quick, but um, Hollywood Reporter, the, the story is from Thursday, September 15th. Uh, HBO yeah, sued, yeah, today, this morning, but HBO sued over allegedly allowing COVID-19 testing fraud on winning time. Right. And uh, so this basically revolves around the, the crew believed that they were receiving lab-based PCR tests, but they were actually getting lower efficacy rapid tests, which is in violation of industry testing protocols. Um it's it's a weird it's a weird one where the headlines a little bit worse than like the actual thing because it's like well they're still getting tested yeah and so it's not hbo specifically doing the testing it's a company that they hired obviously yes hbo is paying them what what really stood out to me is that the the for the covid19 expenses for the first season of the show were 18 million dollars f- for daily testing that is mind-blowing to yeah, me like why does it cost I, I know it's a big crew but how does it cost that much there must be some funny funny money weird weird 100%. like accounting going on there well and that's kind of part of the complaint is uh like one of the main producers on it um she previously was fired for an incident when she was working on a production of westworld um and th- that producer allegedly was uh, kind of giving perceived favor to her son that worked on on that production. Mm-hmm. So you could extrapolate that and assume, hey, maybe there is some more funny business where she because I think she got to choose or had some influence in in that testing company. You know, maybe she's friends with someone there. This is all alleged and reckless speculation. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's what's going on, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's it, it's it's just such a a wild like I don't know, it's it's just nuts like 
to me, look, they're still fucking testing them. It's yeah, just, it's, yeah. It, it, I don't, I don't know if the tests are are how different the tests are, but like, I, I, all I know is uh, the PCR ones are the ones where they swipe your nose, right? And then the the rapid test, no rapid test, you swipe your nose. I don't know, man. A P, a P, I, I know I've taken both, but <laughs> every time, like in the last year, when I've had to test to make sure I don't have COVID, yeah, I've done the rapid test. I mean, I that's think, what I think everyone. Has I'm pretty doing. sure. Yeah. The the at home ones are the rapid test goes up your nose. I feel yeah. like PCR probably does the same thing, but as maybe a stricter standard. I don't know. I'm talking talking out my ass. I don't know it either. I, I have no idea. I just think it's like uh, it's just such a bummer for uh, I don't know, maybe not because he's probably already pretty like rich and doing fine. But Adam McKay, like because I feel like winning time like didn't do well to begin with. Yeah, I watched the first episode and I was like, "Oh, this is cool," but I was like, "I don't want to watch it though." Like, I don't, I don't want to sit around for like nine more hours watching. It, yeah, so. I, I heard it was like not necessarily true to reality. You know, you the know, Lakers which, got mad at it. Well, yeah, and the the Jerry, Jerry West got mad at yeah. it. He's he threatened to sue over it. I thought that that shit. I I read that that Jerry West was going to try to sue him about that, and I thought that shit was so bogus. Like. Dude, it's fucking Adam McKay. He does this shit. This is his style of filmmaking. I know, he likes but to over embellish things. Like I, that's what he I, does. I get that, but if that was you and like your character that he was kind of defaming in a way, yeah. like that that would piss me off too. Like to to have your life inaccurately represented. That's kind of some bullshit. That's true. Like I get I get it. I understand why Adam McKay does it because it's more interesting that way. Yeah. But also, you know, I don't know what's true and what's not. I that that whole thing is kind of yeah I, I think if not, you're gonna misrepresent I guess maybe what happened was because I feel like he misrepresents people all the time in his work that's like his thing when he does things based on real life mm-hmm. but he always did it in a way that was like like didn't because isn't he the one who did a uh, big short yeah right so big short was like misrep I'm sure it was like extrapolating on these people's personalities and over hype like over exaggerating who they were but like it did it in a way where, you know, he it wasn't people who were readily like known or valued because he did the yeah. same thing in Vice. Right. Didn't he do that Dick Cheney movie? I didn't see it. Like, but I, I love that movie, but it's like everyone hates Dick Cheney. So, of course, you're going to like, you know, make him look worse and no one's going to have a problem with it. But when you do it to someone like Jerry West, we're like, I guess people like him i don't i don't know it's also weird when you do it with the showtime lakers when there's like actual documentaries about them and yeah it's just it's a it's a better known team better known people than something like the record i think it was like i didn't watch it but i think it was cool i (laughs) like the fact that he did this because it's so weird because it's like it's not a documentary it's not a fake story it's a real story but really f- like fictionalized. Yeah, it's it's kind of like but, a historical fiction in but, a way. Yeah, exactly. But historical using, slightly fiction. But using like real brands and like somewhat like it always makes you question like what's really happening. It's 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 almost I don't know. I liked it. A I think it's a really cool concept. Sucks that it didn't do better. But that's another fucking uh, casualty of our time of uh, content. Uh, you know, yeah, content just, like mass content, like expansion. Every it's too much content. Yeah, too much content. absolutely, absolutely, way too much. Um, what what else? Let's say got? last thing. TikTok. This TikTok article. You can you can run us through it. Uh, TikTok from the, from the new look from the new look Verge website. The Verge redid their website, and I think it. I think on mobile it fucking sucks now. Personally, it's I mean, not, even even on desktop. Actually, on the, desktop it kind of sucks. The now fuck too. the the weird 
the thing they've done with their logo, the the new logo, it's, I don't think it looks good personally. I see what they were trying to do. Not for me. Um, I, just, I just don't like the new website where like it it's like every there's all these like fucking lists and everything turns into like a thread in a way. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, I don't it's, like it's, it. It's, it's trying like, too hard and it's kind of clunky. It's a bummer because I was reading the the day that they redid the website. Uh, the exact like the main editor guy, the guy who, like runs the whole thing, who's in charge of it all, Neelai Patel. He put out like a post basically that was like you know talking about the the redesign and what sure. happened. And he mentioned in it that it was like two years. They spent two years planning this and it was like two years coming. And I was like, dude, this is it took you two years to do this. Like, what the fuck? Like, there's you know, I I really like him and his show's fucking amazing. And he seems really cool. But I'm not a fan of this rebrand. I think the show's whack. Um, I think it was. uh, Was it Xiaomi? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, The Chinese phone maker spent three years on making a new design and their new design was it used to be like an a stylized m and an i in an orange rectangle and three years later their new logo was the same stylized m and i just in a rounded rectangle yeah. and it's like what the hell are you spending your money Dude, on some, that's that's when it's like good design meets good business it's like where people who are designers like can talk about design in such a way that like you like baffle almost the client into into like seeing things a different way and it's, it's like in reality though take a step back it's just a fucking square yeah and apparently know? it was like a world-renowned designer yeah. <laughs> that like there's a tweet that says it's infused with philosophical thinking and it's like what no it's not you just, just a, rounded the edges it's just the greatest bullshitter in the world oh my god is, right That's... um wait but this tiktok article uh, yeah, so the TikTok article, I guess there was a, a Senate hearing uh, and some a senator, specifically Josh Hawley, who's famous for running away during the uh, the insurrection after riling, riling the troops up. Uh, he <clears throat> is basically, I think he's just against technology in general, but he's super worried about uh, the information being collected of Americans by this Chinese company being funneled to uh, the Chinese Communist Party, which Mm -hmm. by all accounts, it does seem like that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird because this is is purely a speculative article, like nothing's about to happen as far as I know. But, you know, TikTok's basically tasked with with earning the, the senator's trust and like he he keeps asking you know to you know tell me there aren't members of the communist party who work for ByteDance, i think is is for, the first of all though that's like a crazy question it's like well of that, course they that do. doesn't fucking matter yeah of course they do yeah yeah that, that doesn't, i mean there's like millions there's of, there's members of the u.s communist party who work for facebook like yeah that's kind of the you know what i mean like it's fucking what that has nothing to do with the data sure um but it, it does sound like tiktok will be held to a higher standard than its rivals like facebook and twitter and uh you know all, all those yeah. great ones Snap. which is it's weird because it you know it's kind of a double standard where it and i i agree with this to an extent but it's okay when when the american government harvests your data or when american companies do it but it's yeah. not okay when a foreign company does it like i mean to a degree that's true there there are national security issues with that but right. also like hey why the the biggest issue i have with it is that they're 
directing this all at a specific company and a specific app. This should. Why aren't you passing legislation that it protects apply across the board? Exactly, that protects the American citizens across the board. Like, there's absolutely nothing. There's nothing stopping them from doing it's, that. It's just. I, I think that they're very like they have a very old, like backwards way of thinking that's like outdated at this point. Mm-hmm. Where like it's like, uh, you know, countries and like their governments are up here they're like the top rank underneath that is companies and they all fit nicely into this it's not how it is companies are global they're more powerful at this point than countries like absolutely countries are yes they're they technically like all have you know they they got the un and they all like uh, they're figureheads but the things that make like the global economy run are companies so they actually have the most power yeah absolutely i mean it's whoever has the money has the power and the other you know the government that's why like if you have the ability to be passing laws or to like do you should like curtail the power of these corporations but absolutely there's none uh none of that happening i don't know man i i think it's i love tiktok and i'm a big fan of it it, yeah data harvesting is, is fucked up and it happens everywhere one thing that i noticed um the other day was so tiktok are launching i guess they're they're gonna be launching some sort of tiktok music thing apparently and it's gonna mm-hmm. be a platform that's supposed to rival like spotify and it's better for artists right so uh i don't remember exactly everything that i heard about it but i i saw a tiktok for it and then i went and researched it a little bit and i was like oh cool yeah i don't mind signing up for this i think it'll be cool to be like in the beta so i signed up put my email stuff in and then the next page that it took me to was like once i signed up was like cool now fill out your profile and it was like name whatever it's like that's not a big deal email okay you already have a address i was like i don't know about that and then at the bottom it was like upload a picture of your driver's license no and i don't know if you remember but back in 2015 that was the reason i got off facebook was right? because i didn't like using my real name on there i made up funny names and then one day they wouldn't let me log it in. It wasn't even like a funny name. It was it just a nickname in the middle of your actual name. It was Alexi yeah. Baked Goods Shishkin. Yeah. And so they wouldn't let me log into Facebook unless I uploaded a picture of my driver's license. And I, so as ridiculous. soon as you asked me to do that, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to give a company my fucking like driver's license and shit. That's that's yeah, nuts. I'll, you know I'll do it I mean? for like, like what? I, ID.me or ID.me. Right. Because that's kind of supposed to be a securing your information company right. to help people to to help uh limit fraud yeah but that I'm, makes sense i'm definitely not gonna upload my fucking the picture of my bo- a scan of both sides of my driver's license to a uh company that is like probably gonna start releasing mp3s like next year right of my shitty music that i made at home like it doesn't make any sense like no dude i'd rather just my shit not be on there it's like music is a fucking useless uh, no end game type thing anyways um yo yeah go ahead uh, i was gonna say just on that i found something yesterday i can't i can't find the exact uh uh twitter profile but i did find a project that this guy did that basically you were able to upload a photo and he had a like an ai database that mm-hmm. would go through different cameras that were it would try, i saw this yeah it would try to figure out where the photo was taken and if any cameras were rolling at that time and if they were it would use facial recognition to identify you having your picture taken in right. that moment. So which, then it would show you a, basically a video of you getting your picture taken. Yeah. Like from that surveillance. Exactly. That is, it's extremely cool, but also 
terrifying. I mean, that right there is, I haven't seen Minority Report, but that's basically Yeah, I mean, it's, is, it's like right? a, well, I mean, surveillance thought, shit. Yeah, but Minority Report went a little bit further where it was thought crimes, yeah. so it like, that you could get arrested like, before like, committing a crime. Like T-H-O-T? Yeah. Thought crimes? <laughs> yes. Damn, Minority Report and all them thoughts. Um, all right, let's get a get a break in here and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Adobe Wishlist. Yee. Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? the one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say. You gotta walk all your gear up and find the stairs. Okay, that's yeah, never that's, fun. That's, that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. Welcome back, Sizzlers. Welcome. <laughs> We're back. You know, so the other night I was talking to one of my editor friends and he was telling me about how he's learning. Who is this? This is Joe. His oh, name's- Joe. Yes. Joe Nana. No, no, not, no, no. Oh, jeez. We'll call him Joe B. I don't Joe know. B. Joe B. Joe uh, B. Tall Joe. Joe, Joe, like Joe Joseph B. Yeah. So Tall Joe. Tall Joe, yeah. So Tall he, Joe, friend of a uh, friend of Coobs. Friend of Coobs, yeah. Your Co- friend of Coobs. That's like a way of saying like, do you take photos or whatever? You know, like was that like an Alcoholics Anonymous? Like you're a friend of a friend of oh, like, Bob's. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. That? I know what you're talking about friend of Bob's. Um, so, uh, he's on my volleyball team this this season, and we went out for drinks afterwards, and he was just talking. We were talking about editing in general, and you know, catching up because I haven't seen him since the last networking event, which is in like I don't know June. And he was telling me how he's kind of learning DaVinci Resolve now. And I was like, oh, are you trying to learn it for color or are you trying to learn it to edit with? And he was like, I'm actually trying to learn how to edit in it and, you know, start from scratch and like use all of the the native shortcuts and try to understand like why things are done this way in this program. And he was telling me about a pretty cool feature, uh, like a collaboration Oh, pardon me. A collaboration feature, and I think I, I guess it's called Resolve Collaborative Workflow, something mm-hmm. like that, and it apparently works really well. It works on the cloud. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but that fucking cloud. I know, right? And it's everywhere. He, he was telling me how you know you, you can have multiple people in the same project, and you can even like kind of see like where their where their cursor is, or like where where the the yeah. scrubber is right. on their timeline, what they're doing and says it works really well. And there's even like a chat feature within resolve yeah. to, to communicate through that. So it's apparently really amazing if you're remote. So my, my response was the problem is you have to find multiple people who, who use, use resolve, resolve to right. edit with. Um, I was about to say like, that's kind of the problem I hear. I hear so many good things about resolve, but like it's, it's switching NLEs is always a crazy task. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're in, in, in a collaborative environment, you need everyone to be on it. But I'm not even just talking about us in the office. Yeah. I, like also, you know, like we work, like when we work with Complex, for example, like 
we don't always send back the finished thing. We send projects that they need to do conforming on their end a lot of time or they'll have an assistant editor set everything up. Yeah. So you can't just slot neatly into like certain pockets. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I like mean, if, if you have a, if you own the entire process, do it and do it in a resolve. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, for for us, it just doesn't really make sense. I mean, it would be really nice if we could, you know, be working on something and be coloring it, you know, have a second person coloring at the same time. That sounds amazing. It's not realistic right now. Uh, but either way, this kind of brought us to what what we would like to see in yeah. Adobe for you know, that for them to to compete before before we get to the wish list though this resolve thing also reminded me i was going through the uh, editors forum the other day and sure. i saw someone was talking about flame and like i DaVinci saw that resolve one. yeah and i commented to the guy who wrote he wrote a very very comprehensive post a comment on it yeah and i was like he said he'd been working in flame for 38 years or some shit like that yeah and i was like, like holy shit we should get this guy on the fucking podcast he probably has so many crazy stories of like just random shit that he's done like yeah absolutely well and and i actually i learned a little bit from that post that you know flame is basically a, like it's such a legacy uh, program now that flame editors or you know composite I don't know what artists, you would call it artists flame, flame artists. artists make bank because it's like the demand is higher than than the than number the peop- of people yeah and it's also kind of an access thing where I, it's I, hard to learn it because it costs a lot of money it costs like ten thousand dollars plus like an eight hundred dollar a month fee it's something ridiculous yeah. so like a lot of these higher end like ad agencies and, and post houses will have like just a, a flame chair flame. Yep. Yeah. yeah and but but at a lot of places it kind of stays empty most of the time so yeah. i you know obviously it doesn't make sense for us in our workflow but i i've personally never really even thought about flame like when i when i think about those those advanced programs i think about like nuke or right or you know well i know joe, joe nana used to work at a uh in la he worked at some post house and they had a, a nuke machine they had a nuke machine and they had a flame machine mm-hmm. and uh he got to like watch the people work on that sometimes i've never even seen it running no me neither like flame I'd, though isn't it by autodesk it might be oh maybe yeah because we'll be down there we, yeah. we'll be in new orleans yeah. i could actually ask for a for a little flame tour sure why not is it really Autodesk? Isn't it? I could be wrong. It yeah, it looks like it is. Autodesk oh, flame. shit, bro. Yeah, so so maybe we'll maybe we'll meet some flame artists down there, be able to talk to them, pick their brain a little maybe bit. Maybe I could just ask for uh, no third. Look, the best value thirteen thousand two hundred ten dollars paid every three years. That's insane. Like I'm sure it's worth it. Four, if, I mean, if you're four doing and a half four and a half thousand dollars a year. It's not that insane. Like we pay more than that for media shuttle. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, we just don't do the type of work that necessitates. Necessitates. We don't do the kind of work that necessitates. Necessitates. It necessitates that. Yeah, it looks pretty fucking cool, though, man. I um, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, ask for a free trial while I'm there. Oh, there is a free trial. Thirty days. Oh, well, well, well. I think thirty days. I don't know. Um, all right. Wait, sorry. I, I I I derailed you. No, it's all good. Uh, it all it made you think of the Adobe wish list. Yeah, yeah. So, Alexi and I put together a handful of things that we would like to see Adobe work on. Now, for for me, I uh, focused on Premiere specifically. You know, there's obviously an entire suite of Adobe products, and for me, that is the the biggest asset that they have is that they work together all really well. Right. So I. 
I already spend so much time in After Effects and Photoshop, and in my opinion, there aren't good replacements for that. Like, don't don't tell me, oh, but there's GIMP. You know, no, that no, it doesn't that work. Does not count. Um, Any of those free Photoshop things? Yeah, just aren't, it, they don't. They don't. Illustrator, InDesign, like all of those programs are industry standards yeah so it just makes sense to be in premiere because premiere is a pretty damn good nle on its own it's not perfect but it it you know it's you are you're already paying for the adobe suite so why not just work in premiere it works yeah. for me yeah so what we decided to do was like go through and uh we didn't we didn't we didn't cons, cons, uh, consolidate with each other consult consult yeah, whatever consult, we, we consult. didn't discuss we didn't we didn't fucking mention this, this it. is a live discussion <laughs> we didn't mention it don't mention we it. were like Write down a few things, and I think we're going to try to go for three each. But I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of the same ones. That's um, possible because we do complain about this shit like like maybe four or five hours a day. Sure. So I think we we probably have a lot of the same ideas. Uh, I will say one thing I wrote here is that most of the things I was thinking of, I was like, that's already a plugin. That's already a plugin. So it's like everything was basically uh, a you know plugin. Um, it was pl plugins already took care of a lot of the problems I had. Okay, I mean that's fair, but still, it would it would be nice native, to see it native. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, so why don't you start? You can go first. Sure. So my first one, and this kind of this is, uh, it, it was brought on specifically by the DaVinci Resolve. A lot of these are are from the DaVinci Resolve thought process. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see. I know there's team productions or team projects or both, mm -hmm. and they're they're collaborative workflows. But for us, like if you haven't already set up the project that way, then it's kind of difficult to <clears throat> to switch the project over to something like that. Mm -hmm. So what we tend to do a lot is we will import sequences from each other's pro projects. We'll like duplicate right. a project early on uh, and then start working in our own sequences simultaneously. And then when eventually one of us takes over the whole project and we import whatever sequences but the problem with that is you get all these duplicate files like it it, it will yeah. import the same exact video files and that for me needs to change like i don't understand why you're not able to just link it back to the ones that are already in the project they're right. the exact same files they have now, the same exact metadata is there, there's not a way to just like click a thing that says don't import the duplicates or the, whatever? there is but it still does it anyway in my experience yeah. like i still end up with all this extra shit and it just kind of frustrates me and I, I i don't know it just makes the project way bigger than it needs to be everything loads way slower and i it just seems like there should be i know i know yeah. premiere historically is not great with metadata i will say we do need to like get better at like using those team projects and that's on that's on me a lot of the time too cuz i always just like forget to do it yeah i like uh, any big projects like when we were working with nhl i set it up that way and know. honestly it, it's been unlucky because when i have set it up it's it hasn't been needed it hasn't been needed cuz one person it, stays but, in it the whole time it's just yeah. worked out that way yeah well, we'll try to we'll try to try to get better at that. Um, the first thing I wrote is reverse compatibility. OK, I that's always been my number one thing with Premiere. I hate that when they release a new version, once the project has been opened in the new version, it can't be opened in an old version. Uh, again, maybe with team projects that would like if we use team projects, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. But the fact is, we don't. And so sometimes We'll have a situation where like someone else will open a project to do something in it, but 
maybe they do it on their laptop and their laptop has an updated version because the new version just came yeah. out and was set to auto update. And, and we and usually then, wait a little bit before updating because yeah. and everyone does. And also like a lot of the places that we work with, like they'll if we're taking a, like again, I'm thinking of complex, but like if I know they wait because they have a lot of editors, they have a lot of moving parts. So yep. they don't up, they don't update right away. But especially with remote stuff now. Oh, if someone at home decided to to update without like thinking about it and then they open the project, they do a bunch of work and send it back. It breaks it for then everyone. they basically get like railroaded into having to fucking update. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, and then you just have duplicate premiere versions on your computer. It's so it's so annoying, man. I, I can't. Uh, that's the one thing I've never really understood because it's it can't be that hard to fucking, you know, make a a reverse compatibility patch or some shit like that i don't I, know maybe it is Who i, I will knows? say i know one time i was able to there there is like a workaround i was able to save the project as some sort of xml file and then, and, and then open that in, right, in, the, in, the a, in an version. older version and it did work but you shouldn't really have to do that yeah that's kind of my thing so i and i i, I think with most of these things that we're gonna say there probably already is like a workaround or like a plugin that solves it or something mm-hmm. like that. But it's just like almost like a wish list for like na- for it just to be a native thing that you don't even have to think about that. You can just if you sent me a new pro- a project and I double clicked it and it, it should just open. I shouldn't have to think of like I shouldn't have to get a pop up window that says this was made in a newer version of Premiere. And then I have to go figure out how to fucking open it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I kind of understand it if like. Uh, you use the the new transcription tool in 2021 or 2022 right. and then you're trying to open it in adobe 2017 or premiere 2017 i i can understand that kind of breaking some things yeah. but for the most part like if you just have premiere hasn't changed that much yeah. like it's you cut you edit you it's very it's the same same UI that's been around. Legitimately, it's basically the same UI that's been around for like twenty years. Exactly. Now. So why why not? Why doesn't why it not work? work? Why, why doesn't it work? work? I know why not work. That's what I'm saying. It's gotta it's gotta work. Um, I think part of it too is the fact that when they switched to like the subscription thing and it started becoming just like updates every few. Yeah. They, now it is a they, lot different now because I would get like you know, CS six, not working with CS five. That's sure. fine. That's yeah. like an entire like generation's worth of updates. Like sure. I get that not working, but like to go from like, Oh, 22.3 doesn't work with 22.25. It's like, what? Why? Yeah. Why not? Like it's what just the fuck? Asinine. Yeah, it's silly. Um, all right. What do you got? Uh, my next one is also Da Vinci inspired. I would like to see uh, a more robust color management tool like i know lumetri color i wrote wrote it color management premiere there there we go i mean like lumetri which i've never known how to say lumetri lumetri it's probably lumetri 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 uh yeah it's probably probably the way you say it but either way lumetri color it's i say lumetri lumetri (laughs) 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 we're really getting in the weeds here lumetri color is like it's fine for for the basic stuff uh for like color basic color correction not really for color grading and it's it's just not 
as robust, like no, no actual colorist finish in Premiere, right? It's true. It's true. I will say that that is interesting that Premiere, like even though Adobe, you can round trip your project through multiple Adobe properties to get everything done. Mm -hmm. When it comes to color, you have like, if you want it done right, you have to take it out of the Adobe ecosystem. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird that Adobe doesn't have like a color solution. Well, and that's my thing. It's like, it doesn't even have to be a color solution within Premiere. It can be its, it can own, be its own standalone program. Yeah. program. Node based color workflow. Sure. Why not? Like, that's exactly what we need. It would, it makes so much sense for them to do. So I don't understand why they're just letting Resolve take over that part of the market when, yeah. when they could, you know, expand their, their dominance. Yeah. And it would just make things a lot easier than like for me, it's always like, what well, I don't color enough to really learn a new program yeah. like in DaVinci and, and just the way that it works. Like if, if it, if there was an Adobe program that worked the way most Adobe programs work, but still had that node-based workflow and, right. and that robustness, yeah. that, I mean, I would love to see that. I Yeah, I think that would be, maybe, who knows, maybe they're like planning it. Maybe they've been developing it. Because it is, it is like a, just a giant hole in their roster. It's I know, like, right? How you, does this not exist? Like you've been, you've been like a go-to program for, like it's not even just like internet shit. Like I, for the last 20 years, I feel like they've, been like a go-to program for like movies and shows and right shit. i mean maybe not 20 years but like the last like 12 years but i mean think about their suite they have a dedicated animation program in adobe right. animate formerly flash true, right yeah. they have a dedicated like motion graphics do, motion graphics do it all program they right. have a dedicated audio Ve vector drawing vector program. drawing illustrator yeah, yeah exactly they have uh photo touch-ups the photo archival and stuff like that yeah i mean they they have what like 30 different programs yeah. it's insane but none of them are a robust color management tool yeah it's uh it's they even have uh yeah they even got into 3d lately right is, yeah um it's yeah you know it's uh it, they they need it they need it uh yeah and so what i wrote was a uh, I wrote color management premiere where i would just like talking more about the error that always happens with colors and like when you export shit how like it's always washed out for some fucking reason oh, unless sure. you, it's and that might just be like a codec thing i really don't know but i'm gonna skip that one because I, I i wrote down a bunch because i had a feeling we'd have some some, some overlap. that overlapped yeah so for my next one um it's not necessary i know you can solve this like using um that program we're talking about Excalibur and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But for me, um, I wrote scale to frame size using other frame edge, meaning like, yeah, I want to be able to scale to the frame size of, I, I want to choose which edge of the frame I want as my frame size. Sure. So like, for example, if I have a video that was shot like normal horizontal and I want to make it just immediately fill the entire vertical frame, if I hit, scale to frame size it chooses the short edge and yes. so i get a lot of like black space on either side and then a tiny little video in the middle i'd rather have it just fill the entire frame like yeah maybe this, like fill frame should be the fucking command right you know? so this happens a lot with me when i'm working with like dci 4k which is a slightly like wider aspect ratio and then you hit scale to frame size and you get these like, tiny little slivers of black at the top and bottom. Exactly. And then you're like, great. Now I have to go into scale and scale it up to like 103. Well, yeah. Whatever. Like, like if, if it's 4k and I'm doing it on a 1080p sequence, then it ends up being like, it scales it to 46.9 and right. I have to go in and put it to 50. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I have to do that with every single 
instance of that yeah. of, of that uh di- those dimensions right, and right, it's right, like right. what why yeah and maybe there is a workaround that i'm just not aware of that's the thing with most of these i think there probably is but the fact that it's not like a readily evident thing and mm-hmm. that this is a problem that we run into like all the time yeah you know what i mean i th- and what i was saying was i know like that was the example that when i watched the excalibur like video about what it does that was the example that the guy gave in it he was like i gotcha. need this so i made a custom macro that's like fill frame so when i hit this it fills the frame and i, I, like, I should i should add that I because like, i do have excalibur and yeah. i do use it for like honestly i only use it for like four or five things yeah. but it's really useful when i do use it i mean using it for four and five things that's like four or five things more than you know, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Would if you didn't have, yeah, right? absolutely. I should definitely use. I'm such a like. I'm so set in my ways when it comes to editing. I'm just like, uh, you're still on the the Final Cut uh, keys. Shortcuts. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the old school Final Cut Seven keys, basically, but with my own like little things that I've thrown in there over the years. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm on like completely custom keys, and when I, the, I'm really really fast. I can like sure. get shit done crazy fast, but that's why I've never been motivated to like do something different because i'm like eh, i mean i just i find, already fucking know how to do it i just got you to use the uh the whole link link selection unlink that, selection that thing is nuts that game, thing game is changer huge game changer yeah. now i keep that thing off by default same same so i didn't even realize that was a button i'm um, all right what do you got what's your third one <laughs> uh my third one is a now this is a fairly new feature in premiere over the last few years but i think it's very clunky and needs to be improved it's an essential graphics revamp. I think <sighs> great, great, great choice. Yeah, it's I mean, I like the idea behind it. It's really nice and it seems great for like more entry level editors and like it it needs to be faster. First of all, anytime you use something from the essential graphics panel, it bogs down the entire machine, the entire crazy, thing. like crazy, just dropping a Mogurt onto the the timeline it even on a, a high end computer it'll take three or four seconds to kind of load and yeah. like figure itself out and then it takes longer to render than anything else like it's yeah. just kind of it's just clunky and and not efficient um, and I, I'd like to see there be more editing options with it so like when we work with Complex they like to send Mogerts for for their graphics like as part of their graphics mm-hmm. package and usually it's just like a little text box stylized text box and it feels like the only two things that can go in there are text boxes like drop down menus mm-hmm. with selections and sliders yeah it's there's really not a lot and like it, so say my big thing that i noticed the other day was because i got one on this intel job was there was at first i was like oh this is cool because there's a th-, and again maybe i just fucking couldn't figure it out but sure. like there was a uh, a, a slider that they had linked that said wipe completion, right? Because the 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 um the graphic, it I think it like fades on and then you can wipe it off. Uh, you'd think using okay. the wipe completion slider by keyframing it from zero to a hundred and yeah. then letting it slide. But I couldn't find any fucking way to keyframe it. I was like, I can't keyframe this moger. Why can't I? But I I don't know. I mean, why was the slider there? You must be able to keyframe it, but. It, Maybe it, not. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. Doesn't work exactly the way. Yeah, wait, that you what, would was, what was the example you were going to So, so for me, usually, the the biggest issue I I always run into with it is I'll have a a text blurb like I'll I'll have the copy and the copy is too big for the box but there's not a way and maybe this is the way they build the mogurts maybe there is a way to program this yeah. but there's not a way to like reposition the text make the text smaller yeah. change the leading or the kerning like yeah. there. 
So every single time that happens, I just end up importing that Mogert into After Effects, changing it to a .aep, and then using it as an After Effects project. And yeah. it's like, just give me the After Effects project in the first place then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I understand the intention with the Mogerts. Yes, you could theoretically make quick on-the-fly edits without having to open After Effects, re-export, replace. Yeah. But I, I would just rather do it in After Effects because it is so more robust. Yeah. The, it's, it's just, it, I think it's just a limitation of the technology probably because like w with, or maybe like, again, I've never really exported a Mogert. So maybe it's one of those things that's based on like, you know, you know how like in, in after effects you can do shit with like almost coding more than yeah. it is like keyframing, like expressions and shit. Exactly. Maybe the uh, thing with Mogerts is that, they're just that much more complicated to export or something. I really have sure. no fucking idea. But I guess my point is I could see why they're doing that is because those are like they're basically building a template that God knows how many people are going to end up accessing. Like this is probably going to this Mogert that you're talking about specifically is probably going to be touched by like 25 to 30 different people. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that. It, it, it makes sense to have it and uh, you know you're not going to be able to like to to you know troubleshoot preemptively all sorts of situations you're yeah. going to end up with situations where it's not going to work names too long etc but um i think that yeah i don't know for me i prefer having an after effects project and then just exporting it out of there just for me mostly it's because mogert's like slow my machine down and they I don't, really I don't do like shit being slow. i mean even if they had it in a in a way that just has a few more options that that after effects has yeah bit. like it doesn't have to be a full-fledged like after effects replacement but just get a little bit further it's, there it's so funny because like it, it's almost like premiere or not premiere the way adobe built their programs was like here's our program that does this here's our program that does this mm -hmm. here's our program that does this and then now they're stuck because that's how their whole ecosystem's built. So now they're like, yes. okay, check out all these different connections we can make between the programs. And they all work together using this new shit that we've created. Now Mogerts can bring this to this and you can live connect a project and all blah, 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 whatever. Whereas, uh, what's it called? Premiere, not Premiere, Resolve is like, hey, we were a color program, but guess what we've added to the program? Video editing. Guess mm -hmm. what we're adding to the program? Sound. Guess what we're adding to this? This. So suddenly one program is becoming like a one-stop shop. Yeah. Whereas Adobe's got all these buckets that they're trying to fucking connect. Exactly. And yeah. It's clunky. It just is clunky. It really is. You know. Um, again, though, it's industry standard, so it, it is what it is. I mean, I, I still love Adobe. Yeah, man, Bug, me too. Buggy mess. But. Me too. I, I'm, no, I'm an Adobe stand for life. Um, all right. Here's my last one. Uh we were talking about this earlier today, and again, there's probably a way to do it, mm -hmm. but I just haven't figured it out yet. It's uh, applying a stroke or a border in Premiere. I literally have that as my last one as yeah. well. I have easy borders written yeah. down. So I know that you can make a border pretty easily, like using alpha mats, or you can, you know, just put like a layer behind it and scale it up a little bit, or and then make like a pre-comp, or you can... Uh, you know, you can even apply like the uni universe or a giant universe border. That's one of those things that you can do. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to have to have a plugin or have it to use like an alpha, like an alpha mat. I don't want to have to do any of that. I want to just have like a really, really easy thing that I can drag and drop that's native in Premiere. Just drop it on and it gives you a stroke. Like literally the same idea as is in Photoshop or as an Illustrator. 
after effects might even have it it's like where it's a generates a stroke for yeah that shape whatever it is so so this was a huge one for me because in at at the news station i've mentioned it before but i worked with an nle called edius and edius had uh something called a layouter so basically you would hit f7 when you have like your photo or whatever selected and it kind of let you it was kind of like the effects panel in premiere like it lets you keyframe things it Mm -hmm. lets you change the perspective uh it gives you like you can change the transparency the color all that right. and it has something called edge which is basically a border mm-hmm. and you just click that you can change the stroke width you can change the color you can change how soft it is yeah and this saves so much time and then the best part about it is you could crop your image within this layouter as well and it would you know apply the border uh respectively to to your crop so it was just such a quick way to kind of make your images look a little bit better because like in news it was very common to just have a shitty little picture up over a shitty news background and i always thought it looked tacky but but giving it that little white border around really really leveled it up in such like it's such a simple way to level it up it's like a little frame yeah and and it took 30 seconds to do maybe if that so on this this questionable q a thing we're doing for mls we want to have those borders so what i had to there because there's no easy way to do it in premiere i had to take like i made a little template in photoshop that was just a you know 1080 by 1080 with a, a white border around it mm-hmm. and then i had to import like 50 different photos and export them one at one at a time See, and they're they're brand new assets now and that's the thing is like they're when you search it like everyone has a way that they do it right like exactly everyone's like oh no here's how i do it here's how i do it There's i do like this i use, I use radial i use radial shadow exactly I, exactly i use a alpha mat i use the you know, I use the same image underneath it scaled up like a certain amount, like with a white tint on it. Like there's a ton of ways to do it. But then it's just but extra steps. It's what it's the question is like, why are there all these workarounds right? instead of just one actual solution? Right. And I get that they have a lot of shit to do. It's a fucking complicated program. They're working. Sure. On it, sure. You know I mean, um, you got you got anything else? You got any last ones that you might have written down? I know that we both wrote this one. No, nope, no. Nope. That was that was my last one. I mean, in general. Uh, yeah, you know, not to shit on Adobe because, like, you know, it, it's it's what keeps us in business. I, I love Adobe, yeah. and I I'm one of the few who doesn't really mind the subscription model. I think it's pretty nice. Yeah. I pay six or seven hundred dollars a year, and I get the entire Adobe suite. Yeah. And it's like back in the day, you were going to pay $600 a year anyways just yeah. to get, I think, Premiere. I mean, or like, I think maybe it was to get the whole suite. I but think the every, Master Suite was yeah. $2,500. And then. From, oh, see, I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. And, that, and that's for everything. And then you would spend, you know, they'd come out with a new upgrade, what, two or three years out. And I yeah. think you could spend like an extra 500 or 1000 to upgrade from there. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, ultimately, it probably does work out roughly the same. But the Creative Cloud also has enough features that I yeah. I really enjoy it. I'm not yeah, I'm not mad at it. I think it's fine. I, and again, like all of these things are they're just like things we wish it had cuz it would run better. It's not like it doesn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. I I am I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Adobe. I remember uh back in the day we did some videos that were about when they were launching like some new version of Adobe. We had to do uh videos about new features in Photoshop and Premiere and stuff. This is when they first released that like auto reframe and all that. Yeah, yeah. And um even that was like really cool. I was like, man, this is dope. I didn't even I didn't even consider that. You know what I mean? Like they have like sure, really cool sure. that's that's where my head was at when I was making this. I was like, man, you know, 
there's stuff that I think would be cool, but I know I can't even con- like I can't even conceptualize what they're probably working on. Well, yeah, and that, I mean that's one of the good things. No I'm glad- knowns and known unknowns, <laughs> and unknown, unknown unknowns, unknown unknowns. I mean that's a great thing. I'm glad DaVinci is trying to build out their program more because that's competition for Adobe. I wish that Final Cut hadn't given up on the professional industry. Um, yeah, and, what the fuck is and, going on with Final Cut these days? And Avid is just like so such an old legacy program that's yeah. like also stuck in its ways. That, so, you know, they already have their market share. They're not, they, they do compete with Adobe, but in a different way, I think. Yeah. So it, it's I, good to have a newcomer on the block. Yeah. Avid is, Avid also just has like so much clout from the name that like yep. if, if soon as you say Avid, you're like, oh shit, Avid. It's almost like, uh, I don't even know like what a good, like equivalent of it is but it's it's like one of those like it just feels like high class yeah if someone sure. says oh i use avid you're like oh shit mm-hmm. it's almost like someone being like i don't know i i have a fucking like amex like I, i'm going to the amex centurion lounge or some <laughs> shit you're like damn that's like fancy as fuck like you know what i mean that's that's next level shit yeah it's like you had to go out of your way to, to right. learn that to get that yeah or someone who like drives uh I don't even know, like a like a Rolls Royce. Oh, You're like okay. oh Jesus Christ! Like this man's in a Rolls Royce. I'm out here in my Premier Civic or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's not a Civic. Premier is more like a like a like an Audi. Okay. Yeah. I say. Yeah. Maybe that's actually more like what Resolve is because it is kind of like newer, you know, and they're like nicer. Okay. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I would say Resolve is an Audi. Premier's like a well, Adobe's kind of like a SUV, like a do-it-all vehicle. Yeah, I think Adobe's more like the. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, Adobe is probably like what's a car company that can do like can do like really like cheap cars well and really nice cars well as well. You know, uh, you can't. I mean, I guess Hyundai was like that for a little bit because they have the Genesis is their high end, and I think that's a really cool car. But then they also have like the you know the tib you're on and like all that like it like, it's more like l- looks flashy but it's kind of it's more that like amazing. honda it could be like honda okay because acura has like the really nice like sports acuras you know yeah, yeah. it's like nsx or something, or something sure why like not so okay yeah toyota, adobe, adobe, toyota and lexus I don't adobe know. is like honda yeah we, we really it's fell apart lit. at the end of this yeah um what, what we learned last week here we go what we learned last week all right what'd you get um, I learned about, uh, it's like an AI painting program, basically. It's called NVIDIA Canvas. We, we might have mentioned it on the show before, but I obviously wasn't listening if we did, because uh, I just found this last week. And it's it's a very cool program. It's in beta right now. You can download it. And you use it uses AI to turn brush strokes into realistic landscape images. So say, for example, it, it's like it's MS Paint, but with awesome technology behind it you can choose oh i want this to be trees and you can draw some trees and it kind of depending on what you can you, draw some your idea of what trees are exactly Just like a stick with some 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 curls on it well i mean i think i think it'll generate the trees like if you just brush across it'll generate trees and if you kind of like erase some it'll rearrange the trees you can draw uh, you it's, can it's that detail yeah yeah you, you can you can take uh, like a water brush and you can make a lake with the trees you can make mountains you can make sky dirt whatever and you can kind of combine them all and depending on where you draw everything it will change kind of the structure and the shape 
of what you're painting on. So you can make some like fairly realistic looking digital art very quickly and easily. You don't really even have to have any skill at all. You just have to download the program. I will say um, it, it the program doesn't download. So that's that's oh. one thing. I'm at it right it, now. It didn't download for me either, but I, think, I thought it was I my think, browser. I think it's because it doesn't work for Mac. I think it needs to be Boo. Windows. Yeah, because like I'm trying to download it, and it says, uh, please go to a desktop version of the browser. Yeah, but that's then I look I down, and it's the platform is Windows. And it well, says your OS has to be Windows 10. So, so uh, there we go. All the artists, all the artists who use Mac are fucked. Um, here's my what I learned last week. Um I learned a lot of things about moving. I think this is the most successful move I've had so far where like, Hmm. you know, yes, I paid like a decent amount of money, but also, you know, one thing I learned that I kind of already knew is move mid month. You're not competing with anyone for the elevator. So move mid month, super chill move in the morning, the late later morning. So that way the elevator, everyone is going to work has gone. They've left. Yep. And you basically have the building and the streets kind of to yourself. So like from, I think they showed up at nine uh, and we were, we didn't start really until like nine fifteen. So from nine fifteen is when we started 1145, everything was done and moved into the new place. Damn. Two and a half hours. Took, full me, move. took me like five or six hours. Just, just long enough where we had to pay for the second half of the day. Yeah. We did our two and a half hours super quick. Um, and then the last thing I learned is just like, you know, you got to plan ahead and think of where you're going to be sleeping that night <laughs> because because I didn't do that. And I was like, as I finished packing the night before, I was like, OK, the last things I've left are like the pillows and shit. I was like, mm-hmm. but they're really light. I can just grab those myself at some point. And I was like, and I'm almost out of space. Let me use the rest of my space on the heavy shit that I don't want to move. The movers yep. are going to move it that we got everything done. And then last night I was going to bed and I was like, oh, that's right. All my pillows are at the old apartment. So. All of my my blankets were still there because I used them to pack the like okay. the uh, right. fragile stuff. But Fragile-y. that was it. So yeah, those are my things. Uh, Slept on a blanket. Move in the morning, move in the middle of the month, and don't forget your pillows. Hey. Uh, Chris, where can the people find us? Oh, we are at Sizzle Real Gang on Twitter and Instagram. Also, Shishkin Productions on both of those. <laughs> Uh, the cold line. Well, no, and the, oh, the email, bro. The email. You, you're just jumping, a, jumping ahead. It's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the email. Sizzlerealgang at gmail.com. Send us an email. We might read it on the air. We will. The next one we get, we're reading on the air. So hurry up. I know a lot of you are champing at the bit. Uh, so champing, at the bit. Little, champing at the bit. Champing at the bit. Champing at the bit to send us an email. And, of course, we have the Sizzle Real Cold Line. Brr. That is 332 3361 Also, Feb, Def, H-Dog. H-dog. February's cold. Definitely call us hot dog. <laughs> That's Woo! It. Um, we did get one email now that I'm looking at this. Hey, uh, look at that. We want the voice behind the sizzle reel on Wisdom. I'd like to offer you the top badge if you join us. Wisdom is a place to share and meet fellow podcasters. By joining top, by joining wisdom as a top badge, I'm a bottom badge. <laughs> you'll, you'll also get 500 wisdom coin, our creator currency. Oh, shit, we get some wisdom I'm coin? Here. I'm out of here. I'm right out of the wisdom coin. Oh, no. Uh, last thing before we go, as we sign off with a little bit of sting, perhaps, uh, mm. the Ethereum merge happened. Oh, yeah, it did. Chris, did you make a bunch of money? <laughs> no, I've lost uh, multiple, multiple, multiples of money since... <laughs> 
Thanksgiving of last year. Are you serious? Uh, you really out here losing dough like that? I've lost. What are you a fucking? I've lost three fifth, three fifths what of my fuck? money, and I had a lot of money Dude, in there. The merge actually, my my shit went down. Oh yeah, every, everything's merge. down like eight percent right now. Everything's down across the board. I don't think I don't know if it's the merge itself. All time, I'm up three and a half thousand. Uh, all time, I'm down. Uh, should I say it? You can't. You can't. I don't want to say it. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> see you guys. Several <laughs> months worth of work. Here's Sting. Are you safe, Miss Gradenko? Miss Gradenko, are you safe? Are you safe, Miss Gradenko? Miss Gradenko, are you safe? Is anybody alive in here? Is anybody alive in here? Is anybody alive in here? Nobody but us. Shishkin Productions Podcast.